0: Welcome to the pastor's study.
1: Years ago, there was a wealthy farmer who had a little boy who was deaf and couldn't speak. So they sent the little boy to a specialty school. And one day the little boy came home, walked into the room and said, my father. And the farmer said, if I live to be a 100, I'll never forget the day my son called me father. you know, when you wake up in the morning, I wonder if God in heaven is waiting for us to say the words, my Father. Jesus taught us the perfect prayer, the Lord's Prayer. And what I want to do for this show, and this is just part one, we got to finish it next week, part two. Let's go phrase by phrase through the perfect prayer, the Lord's Prayer, and learn all that we can about God. Would you pray with me first? Father in heaven, we do want to pray that if there's anyone watching this show that doesn't have a prayer life, they rarely pray, that you will just teach them and inspire them to start talking to you every day. And Lord God, Holy Spirit, we pray that you come and speak to us now through the Lord's prayer. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The first word in the Our Father is our The word our means every christian is part of the church you noticed all the plurals in the lord's prayer forgive us our trespasses give us our daily bread lead us not into temptation and why is that because there are no lone ranger christians Every Christian is part of the our, the plural, the Christian church. And when someone says, well, the Bible never says I have to go to church to be a Christian, my response is, can you find me that verse? Where in the Bible does it say you don't need to be part of the church to be a Christian? My Bible says, Hebrews chapter 10, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together in church. So if you're not in a church, the big part of being a Christian is our, plural. You need to be part of a church. I, uh, years ago when I was an assistant pastor, the senior pastor said to me one day, did I ever tell you how I got Roy to start coming to church? Roy was an older guy in our church, uh, kind of an ordinary guy, but he was coming to church. And, and this pastor told me, <clears throat> years ago, Roy's wife and children came every Sunday. Roy never came. So he told me, one day I went and I knocked on Roy's door and I said, Roy, don't you think you should be in church with your family worshiping the Lord?" And Roy said to me, Oh, that Hope Lutheran Church, full of hypocrites. And the pastor said, Roy, room for one more. (laughs) And that comment got Roy into church and he went every Sunday thereafter. Everybody, every Christian is to be part of the church. Now and then, I get a letter like this from some of our viewers. Well, Pastor Brock, I don't go to church anymore because the church is in darkness. The church doesn't understand the Bible properly like I do. And so I just read the Bible by myself. Well then, read the Bible by yourself. And what does it say in Hebrews chapter 10? Go to church! <laughs> and, and then they talk about what they believe. It's weird. If you try to be a Christian all by yourself and understand the Bible all by yourself, you get into weird interpretations. Number one point, our means, be part of the church. If you're not in one, find a good Bible-preaching church. Go every week. Next word, father. The word father means God wants an intimate relationship with us, like he's your dad. When you pray, you don't have to pray like this. Oh, thou most omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. I mean, when you pray, don't pray like you're praying to the Wizard of Oz. When you pray, pray to God like He's your dad, your father. God wants an intimate relationship with you. This pastor said once that he preached on the fatherhood of God one Sunday. And after church, a little boy came up with tears in his eyes. Well, mister, if God is like a father, you can keep him. He started crying and and the pastor said, what's wrong? Well, my dad comes home drunk. He beats up my mother. And if if God is like a father, you can keep him. And the pastor said, little boy, what do you wish your dad was like? Oh, I wish he'd love us and spend time with us, take care of us. I wish he'd protect and love my mother. I wish he'd take care of my brother and I. And the pastor said, little boy, that is God the Father. You know, maybe you had a bad dad and it's hard for you to call God your father. Well, he's your heavenly father. He's the opposite of what an evil human father is like. He wants an intimate relationship with you. And can I make this point, too, in this wacko day and age in which we live? God is not our mother who art in heaven. I used to be an ELCA Lutheran, that denomination has gone crazy liberal. They now bring in transgender pastors and practicing homosexual pastors to preach at the seminary that I attended, Luther Seminary here in St. Paul. They brought in a transgender preacher a while ago who got up to, pray, to lead the Lord's Prayer. And he, she said, now pray the Lord's Prayer the way you're comfortable praying. Our mother who art in heaven, isn't it rather arrogant to correct Jesus Christ and to change the Lord's Prayer? What? You know more than Jesus? And, you know, there's, there's a liberal ELCA Lutheran Church near my house. And uh, some time ago, I went there just to, to visit for a Lenten service. The woman preacher gets up. You know, I had a woman in my office who had a difficult relationship with her father. So I said to her, it's probably hard for you to picture God as a father. So why don't you pray to God as your mother? and i'm thinking you know this poor wounded woman desperately needs a loving heavenly father and this woman pastor just took him away from her listen god is our loving heavenly father we don't have the right to correct jesus and change the lord's prayer our father next words who art in heaven those words means God is transcendent. That means he's separate from his creation. Uh, God made the world but he's not the world. He's separate from his creation. God the Father, that means he's imminent and close to us. Who art in heaven means he's still transcendent and separate from us. Eastern religions, tend to be pantheistic, which means everything is God. The flowers are God, the mountains are God, everything is God. Christianity, no, no. God made the flowers in the mountains, but he isn't the flowers in the mountains. So Oprah said, quote, Growing up, I used to believe Jesus came to earth to die for our sins. Now I believe he came to earth to get us in touch with our own inner Christ consciousness. That's pantheism. We're all the Christ. Ellen DeGeneres said, I believe in God. I think that God is everywhere. That's true. When I wake up in the morning, I go outside and I say, Hi, God. I think that the trees are God. I think that our whole experience is God. No, Ellen, our Father art in heaven. He's separate from the trees. He isn't the trees. Our Father who art in heaven, next words, Hollywood be thy name. I heard of a little girl who prayed, Our Father who art in heaven, Hollywood be thy name. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, what do you mean when you say the words, Hollywood be thy name? Well, here's the meaning. The, the word Hollywood means, Lord, may your name be treated holy. Don't you get tired of hearing people say, Oh my God? I I was watching a TV preacher a while ago. In the middle of his sermon, he says, Oh my God, you know, that's a violation of the second commandment. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord of thy God in vain. When I was a little boy, they didn't put, oh my God, on television. I know when it started. It started about 1970 with the Mary Tyler Moore Show, and she started saying, oh my God, and they've left it in ever since. Um, Hollowed means, no, no, you treat God's name holy. Now, so how do I do that in my life? How do I hollow, make God's name holy? Follow this. There's four things that, that we do that make God's name holy. See if you can catch each one. First, from Numbers 20, see if you can catch it. Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice, and water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank and their livestock. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, God is angry now, because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you will not bring this assembly into the land. Did you catch it? To hollow God's name there means to believe in me. When you believe in God, you're hollowing his name. When you believe God's word, you are hollowing his name. There's a saying that the Bible is the most respected, least read book in America. Everybody respects the Bible and so few people read it. And then there's another saying, the Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. So when, when I was 12 years old, I got my confirmation Bible. And I don't remember anybody telling me to read my Bible when I got it. It was just something you did as a Lutheran. But when I was a little boy, my older sister Ruthann, I'd go in her bedroom. She had a white confirmation Bible that was always on her lap before she went to bed. And because Ruthann did it every night? I started reading my Bible every day. Still do. The number one way you hollow God's name and treat it as holy is you believe his word. Second thing you do to hollow God's name, see if you can catch this one from Isaiah chapter 8. Do not call conspiracy all that this people calls conspiracy, and do not fear what they fear nor be in dread, but the Lord of hosts, Let him you shall honor as holy, let him be your fear, let him be your dread." Now did you catch that? How do you hollow God's name there? You fear God. There's a false teaching in the church today that you don't need to fear God. Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, Yes, I tell you, fear him. God can destroy both body and soul in hell. Yes, I tell you, says Jesus, fear God. The Old Testament says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. There is a gravestone over in England that reads, Here lies Lord Lawrence. He feared man so little because he feared God so much. (laughs) There's a story told of a young violinist he gets on stage to do his concert and he plays his first number and it is so good people wildly applaud but on his face you can tell he wasn't pleased he does his second number again wonderful job everybody applauds but he doesn't smile finally he does his third final number it is so good everybody jumps to their feet standing ovation but the whole time the young man's eyes have been up in the balcony. And when he sees an old white head go, joy burst on his face. He didn't care about the crowd. He wanted the nod of his maestro. The way we hollow God's name is we don't care too much what people think of us. We care what God thinks of us. That's what it means to fear God. So we we hallow God's name by by fearing uh, him in a proper way uh, and by um, believing him in his word. See if you can catch the next way. Leviticus 22. So you shall keep my commandments and do them, I am the Lord. You shall not profane my holy name, that I may be sanctified or hallowed among the people of Israel. So did you catch that? How do we hallow God's name there? You obey his commands. I remember years ago when I was young walking out of church and the young man in front of me turned to his buddy and started bragging, before he got out of the door at church, started bragging about how drunk he was the night before. Uh, no, no, we hollow God's name by obeying God's commands. I just got a letter, uh, I think I opened this yesterday, 89-year-old Lutheran woman at a Lutheran church here in Minnesota. She sent me her her pastor's coming out letter to the congregation. This is an ELCA Lutheran Church, very liberal. Um, The pastor writes, uh, beloved of God, when you called me to be your pastor, you called me with the knowledge that I have a gay identity. According to this woman, nobody on the council knew it, but anyway. And that meant the world to me because many congregations within the ELCA still struggle with that particular aspect of being the church together. I give thanks for the conversations we've had around inclusion and welcome. I want to make you all aware of some changes happening in my life. Since I have been in a relationship with a wonderful man, uh, Dr. So-and-so, he's uh, going to be a candidate, he's going to be an Episcopal priest. Uh, This is a Lutheran pastor. I wanted to share with you that we are engaged and we set a wedding date. Our wedding will be held at his home, Episcopal Church. We are overjoyed. But I am not leaving my call here. I will still be your pastor. I have every intention, even though he's going to move, he's going to commute. I have every intention of commuting to serve with and among you. Thank you, my dear parish for being on this journey of becoming together. In the name of Christ, I love you all. This is the brave new world of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the United Church of Christ, the Episcopal Church, the Presbyterian Church USA. All of these churches now practicing homosexual pastors are ordained in the ELCA Lutheran Church. They now have transgender pastors. The ELCA Lutheran Church for years has paid for abortions with offering dollars in the church's health. Abortion for any reason, now they've also decided in the ELCA Lutheran Church, they will pay for sex change operations with offering dollars in the ELCA healthcare plan. So you can have a pastor who's a woman who becomes a man paid for by your offering dollars. This is bonkers. The reason I'm bringing all this up is the way you hollow God's name, is by obeying his word, and the ELCA Lutherans, PCUSA Presbyterians, United Church of Christ, uh, Presby- uh, the uh, Episcopal Church of America, these are churches that are not hollowing God's name. Well, one, one last way you hollow, hollow God's name from Leviticus 10, see if you can catch this one. Then Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord has said, Among those who are near me I will be sanctified, or hallowed, and before all people I will be glorified. Hallowing God's name is is equated to what? Here's the the fourth way to hallow God's name. You glorify God. Johann Sebastian Bach wrote some of the most beautiful uh, music ever uh, composed. He would always sign at the end of his composition, Solo Gloria Dei which is Latin for, to God alone be the glory. And he was trying to glorify God, that's the way we hallow God, is by glorifying him. I think the best habit I ever developed was maybe 20 years ago now. Every night before I go to bed, I think back through the day and I thank God for five things he did for me. That's my way of glorifying God, hallowing his name. I believe it was World War II A young man died on the battlefield and the parents gave a large sum of money to the church in memory of their son. Another couple in the church heard about it and the wife said to her husband, why don't we give a large gift to the church for our son? And the father said, our son never died in the war. And she said precisely, let's give because our son came home alive. the way you hallow God's name is you glorify Him, you obey His commandments, you believe His Word, uh, you are uh, um, fearing His name, and, and let, me, let me go back 500 years. Here's what Martin Luther said on how to hollow God's name. What does this mean? Hallowed be thy name? God's name is indeed holy in itself, but we pray in this petition that it may be holy also among us. How is this done? God's name is hallowed when the word of God is taught in truth and purity, and we as children of God also lead a holy life according to it. This grant us, dear Father, in heaven. But he that teaches and lives otherwise than God's word, teaches, profanes the name of God among us. Preserve us from this heavenly Father." Martin Luther would not recognize the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. All right, last words for today and then we'll do part two on the Lord's Prayer next, next week. Thy kingdom come. What are you praying for when you pray the words, thy kingdom come? Well, there is a present and a future meaning to those words. My guess is most of you when you pray, thy kingdom come, you're thinking about the second coming of Christ. Lord, speed this up. May Jesus come back and put things right at the second coming. And I do think that's part of it. That's the future tense. But when you pray, Thy kingdom come, you're also present praying a present tense. Lord, may your kingdom come today. May you be king over my heart today. Lord, may your kingdom come today through the missionaries. All over the world may people come to saving faith in Christ. I like to pray. I have a list of missionaries. I pray for them often on Tuesday, but that's the present tense of Thy kingdom come is, Lord, get the missionaries out there. May I get out there. May we all bring the pr- kingdom of God, present tense. Alright, let's put it all together. Our, that means every Christian is part of a church. If you're not, find a good church and go regularly. Father, God wants an intimate, personal relationship with us. Our Father, who art in heaven, God is separate from his creation. We're not God, the trees aren't God, God art in heaven. Our Father who art in heaven, Hollywood. Be thy name. That means we fear your name, Lord. We glorify your name. We obey your commandments. Hallowed be thy name. We believe your word. Uh, thy kingdom come. And that means at the end of time, may Jesus come back and set things right. But also present tense, may your kingdom come and you pray for your church, you pray for the missionaries, you pray for yourself to let Jesus be king over your heart. And we'll finish this next week.
2: Welcome to the Pastor's Study, the portion where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of Scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with Him. Pastor Brock, my first question for you today in light of your sermon is, Mm -hmm. did the Old Testament Jews call God the Father?
1: You know, Jackie, if you read the Old Testament, there are very few places where God is referred to as our Father. So it's in there, but it's not much. The person who put God the Father on the forefront as our way of talking to God was Jesus in the Lord's Prayer. So that was a bit of a new revelation. It was there, but it wasn't frequent.
2: You know, yeah. I'd never thought about it yeah. in that
1: vein, but... Yeah.
2: So are you saying people who don't go to church are not Christians?
1: Well, our Father who art in heaven our, means every Christian to be part of the church. Jackie, if somebody can't spend one hour a week worshiping the Lord with other Christians, something is wrong. And I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't wanna jeopardize my soul by not going to church. So I'll leave that one at that, but I, I wouldn't jeopardize, I wouldn't risk it.
2: Huh. Why is it that people try to come up with so many excuses why they can't
1: be in church? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, Jackie too, So I got, somebody hurt my feelings at church, so I don't go to church anymore. Jackie, I've been a pastor now for 40 years. People hurt my feelings, not infrequently. So I'm gonna stop worshiping God because of people? I don't think so, Uh uh-uh.
2: Okay, Pastor Brock, can you explain what is pantheism?
1: Yes, pan means, this is Greek, pan means everything, theos means God. Pantheos, pantheism means everything is God the trees, the hills, you're God, I'm God. We're all the collective Christ consciousness according to Oprah, this kind of thing. So pantheism teaches the trees, the flowers, the birds, the coffee pot, The everything is God. It's called pantheism, kind of a Hindu Buddhist type of thing. Yeah.
2: Okay, because I'm gonna come up with a couple of these okay. now. So where did these all come from?
1: Well, they're different uh, religious systems. So okay. pantheism is just a way of categorizing those religions that believe everything is God.
2: Okay. So the next one is polytheism. Okay. And Pol- what is
1: that? Polytheism. Poly means many. Theos again means God. Polytheism believes in many gods. Um, Hindus have have hundreds of gods. Mormons have hundreds of gods. So these are religions that teach there's not one God. There are hundreds, thousands of gods.
2: You know. How do people get tricked into going into these things? I well, mean, you,
1: you were raised, and so was I, in a good biblical mm-hmm. church. And these poor people were raised in nothing or false religions.
2: Okay, well, here's the next one, then. Yeah. Explain monotheism yep. and what religions are monotheistic. Okay.
1: mono means one. So monotheists are people who believe in one God. Uh, Christians believe in one God. Jews believe in one God. Muslims believe in one God. Now, I'm going to say, though, Jackie, I don't think it's the same one God. So A lot of people think, Muslims, Christians, Jews, we all believe in the same God. No, we all believe in one God, but my God is God the Father, Son, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, one God in three persons. Muslims do not believe Jesus is God. I'm a heretic for saying that, so it can't be the same one God.
2: Well, that kind of was my next question is, is, do the Jews, Christians, and Muslims actually worship the same God? And you've
1: kind of said no. I'm saying no. And because Jesus said, um, you know, he who does not honor the Son, him, does not honor the Father. The Old Testament Jews and and Jews ever since, they believe in the Old Testament Creator God, but if they've rejected the Son of God, Jesus, they don't really believe in, in the Old Testament God. Yeah.
2: Okay, Tom, we're down to our last minute and a half okay. practically left, and we didn't finish all the questions no. I have for you, so we'll do some of those next
1: time. Yeah. But do you want to have close maybe with... Sure. And everybody, you know, just... I, I hope you go to a good church. <laughs> and if you happen to go to a church and they start praying to our Mother who art in heaven, get out of there. There's a lot of good churches left that still believe our Father art in heaven. And if you've joined a church where they've they've had the audacity to correct Jesus Christ in the Lord's Prayer, find another church. But I do encourage you, just find a good church, go every week, and don't think you can be a Christian on your own, because we're so weak and sinful. We need our Christian brothers and sisters. So there you go, and we got a little bit more time to say this, thank you for all of you that pray for this ministry. Those of you who support our ministry, you'll see in a minute how you can do that if you feel so led. But just we're thankful that... God has kept this thing going now. We've been on the air for 30 years, and 8 years ago we went national with this show, and it's because of God gifting us through you so we can buy the airtime and expand the ministry. So, thanks everybody. We'll see you next time when we finish the Lord's Prayer at the Pastor Study.
0: Thank you for watching the Pastor Study.